Welcome to the Maintenance Maniacs podcast, focused on all things related to equipment maintenance and building operations. Please respect all applicable legislation, company regulations, and most importantly, personal confidence level. Don't attempt something just because you heard it on a podcast. With that said, here are your hosts, Chris Wilcox and Victor Grant. Hello, Chris. Hello, buddy. How are How you, you Victor? Good, good. Good. Hey, so it's been a while since we've chatted. Yeah, right? It's been a busy January for both of us. Oh, yeah. I know uh, we had released our first on-call with an operator right at the end of December, and uh, we got some good feedback on that. We had a nice interview there with Andrew King. He's the at some guy with tools on various social media platforms, if you're listening and you haven't checked that out, go check that out. That was our most recent episode. Uh, some news from uh, from both of us here. You know, myself, I uh, went back to the company I started with uh, in building maintenance, building operations. Uh, I did finish out the year with the company I was with, the third-party management company, and started back um, with this one in January. Uh, as an operations supervisor, so I was able to progress a little further and uh, get a bump up uh, in compensation and opportunity for growth of myself and and in this career. So uh, for those listening, I just wanted to give a little bit of advice on that, that if you're in a position and another opportunity presents itself And you really think that that's going to help you, A, grow yourself, B, help you take care of yourself, or C, it's just a different opportunity that you want to take because it's going to help you learn different sides of the industry, then I say go for it. You know, uh, I've, I've never been one to make very quick or rash decisions, especially with things like that, Uh, but if the opportunity presents itself and you don't take it, you're going to wonder what if. And I, I really, really don't like hearing those stories from people that say, you know, I should have done this or I should have done that. It's like, just do it and make it work out. Very, very solid advice. So it's been uh, a bit of a show coming back to the company and, and a lot of it's been uh, weather related. Uh, because we had such a pounding cold weather snap for three weeks. We were in the minus 30 to minus 40s every day. And like highs during the day were getting to like maybe minus 28. Like it was just ridiculous. And when that happens for that long, uh, a lot of the ground frost will drive deeper and deeper and deeper as, you know, heavy truck traffic is driven on it or, the sustained amount of cold weather it's uh it's been kind of crazy in january we and personally i had to deal with a water main break to a mixed use uh, office and retail building and then we're not even finished that yet we actually have uh gas utilities coming in next monday to do their part of the repair because there's a gas line underground that got hit uh didn't get severed there was no gas release but it was a miss on the utility locates. 
So luckily we were going slow enough when we were just scraping ground that we only nicked the jacket and bent it a little bit. But um, that's another thing, you know, lesson learned there. But it was it was a missed utility locate, which is never fun. Um, so we had that happen. And then I'm currently working on a sewer main repair uh, where we're having to remove full main, uh, replace piping, pumping overland sanitary release right now. So it's it's quite a involved project. And back to the weather, which is causing all of this, um, it's crazy. It was one night. I think it was a Wednesday to a Thursday. So from Wednesday night to Thursday morning, the city had 12 water main breaks for public works just wow. overnight. And that only includes... Uh, things to residential communities is how the statistic was done. And then that following morning before noon, they had five more. So within basically 18 hours, they had 17 public works water main breaks in the city. And that doesn't include the ones they had prior to that day and the ones following that day. So it was actually getting pretty crazy that even the private companies who do uh, you know, construction of uh, residential communities or commercial buildings, things like that. They were contracted by the city to help them deal with all these water main breaks because there was just, they were overwhelmed, right? There was just too many. And living in this area where I live, we knew stuff was going to happen. Like we just knew it, right? Like we, stuff happens like this. This is what's going to happen after the cold. Um, but yeah, so personally, been dealing with the water main break been dealing with the sewer repair ongoing and you know it's it takes up time so so we haven't been, we haven't recorded anything in january so here's our february uh, edition of the maintenance maniacs podcast and i know chris you were encountering a lot of things in january as well on your end of it oh yeah we uh we just started getting kind of getting all kinds of uh added tasks uh we had we had water pipes breaking in the walls uh hvac equipment going down um it was just go 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 hope you have the parts and you know test the old skill set um the uh one of the major things we had happen was uh sort of a failed project at one of the plants i take care of um they reached out, they being the engineering department, reached out, uh, said they're having issues, not sure how to go forward. Uh, I ran over there, took a look at the job, um, figured out a way to get the job done, which was remove an old filler um, from a very tight location, uh, prep the new filler, put the new filler in, wire the new filler, plumb the new filler, test the new filler. Uh, had... Uh, some very, very, very skilled people to help me. Uh, my, my regular team, which was different than the team the engineering department wanted to use. Uh, but uh, we kind of put our heads down and worked through all the problems and uh, got her up and running. And last I checked with that plant, uh, they said that their grumpiest filler actually likes filling now, which, man, man if I can make you happy and get the job done to him. I'm all right with that. Uh, really, really, really ingrateful that I have a pro press. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah. 
that uh, that is definitely. I mean, the argument's always going to be out there. You know, is that ruining the trades? Is it making it? You know, so just anybody can do it. All that stuff. I I, I don't really. I, I land somewhere in between. I think that um, I'll always have a torch on my van. I'll always have a threader on my van. I'll always have different options on my van. But uh, I will tell you, one of those repairs I had to make in the wall, uh, there was no torch option. Uh, there was no safe way to make that sweat joint um, without further damaging the wall, you know, more so than we needed to, and a whole bunch of extra work. The press was kind of reaching a hole, prepped pipe, pressed pipe back together, and let her run. You, you kind of can't beat that. Well, it sounds like you solved the problem anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, well, so that's the interesting part. So that job in particular, we're not back down in the cold weather, and hopefully we won't get too cold uh, for the rest of the winter. That that needs to be readdressed because that, that particular pipe is so close to an outside wall that I'm surprised uh, it, it had never done that uh, before. Uh, so now there's a ancillary repair of... Yeah, heat, so eat provided that you need to take care of as well. Exactly, I'm yeah. gonna have to trace that or something. Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to just do the repair and say, "Oh, well, you know, now we're we're warm again, so it's going to be good." Because you know what's going to happen. We're going to forget about it, and then we're going to have a leaking pipe in the wall again next year. Yeah, and that's not that's not the solution you want. No, you know, you want to do full, you know, fully thought out jobs. You want to you want to definitely when you encounter. You know, you're there for whatever reason. You get that satisfied, but if you can you encounter another problem, you you need to deal with it. Yeah, for sure. And then there, I know there was some other issues. I can't remember what it was. A piece of equipment on a conveyor belt. Oh, that was wrapped up. That was wrapped up with that filler install. Uh, I completely kind of forgot about that. So, the, like I said, that was a that was a tight that was a tight room. Um, so conveyors conversation period, uh, the way I figured that out versus the problems they were having before was just their matter of attack. So I looked at it with a different set of eyes and realized that from one direction, putting it in, uh, you had to remove a bunch of powered conveyors. The way I figured out to do it, you, you just removed regular roller conveyors. And in fact, we didn't, we didn't remove them at all. The, uh, uh, uh my rigging teammates, they came up with flipping the thing on its side and putting it up on some other rollers in the room and never left the room, which was awesome. Huge time saver. Right. But, th- but then we're going to put it back together and uh, we were keeping the old powered roller conveyors. And what appeared to have happened was the, the fillers are made off site at a, at a facility and shipped to us. Uh, they might've undersized the breaker feeding the two uh, roller conveyors uh, that was housed inside their, their control cabinet. Um, at any rate, it kept tripping the, uh, it kept tripping the breaker every time we tried to fire one of the motors. Um, did a couple tests, uh, even bypassed the existing wiring, which we were reusing and fed the motor externally. And it's still tripped. So at, at that point, we started taking some meter readings. The, the day we first started investigating that, I didn't have any, any uh, uh, I didn't have my van. So we've, we've talked about a bunch of different things revolving around vans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I decided to jump in one of my guys' vans and go over there. And that was probably a mistake. Um, but I didn't have my meter bag with me. So we had some 
we had some uh, some lower end meters with us. I couldn't really test properly for amperage. Uh, verified the next day that it was it was flashing over uh, the higher higher amps when it first started up, and ended up taking uh, a uh, fuse fuse holder system versus a breaker system and properly fusing the fuse holders and she took off running and it was uh it was game over after that done deal right right that's good i think i got a i think i got a couple more gray hairs though to be honest (laughs) that's okay (laughs) so i guess we're gonna lead into our our topic for this one and this one's gonna continue with our sort of series i guess if you want to call it that way of getting into this trade and progressing through and we've we've talked about other topics today we wanted to touch on briefly dealing with tenants or dealing with customers and i wanted to start it off there's a a dj i i listen to and his name is akira the dawn and if you follow me on uh, my personal page uh, at Alberta Building Operator, you've heard some of his music because I use some of it in my videos and stuff like that. And he usually has some kind of Jocko Willink or Elon Musk or Jordan Peterson, David Goggins, like a bunch of different people, Alan Watts, um, Scott Adams, like a whole bunch of different people. And he puts their words to music. So if you haven't heard of this, it's, it's called Meaning Wave. And, you know, check it out. It might not be your cup of tea, but check it out. See if you like it. And one of the most recent songs that have come out, it was, uh, there's a quote from Jordan Peterson in it. And I thought that it really applied to the topic of dealing with tenants. So the lyric in the song is, basically talking about what what one person does affects other people and what you're responsible for is your actions are going to affect them basically is, is to have sum it up and it says what happens is that it's a failure to act often that is the most catastrophic it's not to do the right thing when the situation presents itself You're constantly in situations where you could do the right thing if you're willing to take a risk that's actually of relatively moderate size. And you know that you could take the risk and you know that you should take the risk and you don't. And I thought that was a really, really good start to this topic where when you get a tenant request for service, repair, whatever it is, The first thing that I tell the operators that I work with is eyes on, hands on. It's going to see what the actual situation is. And in relating to that quote, right there, you're already taking the small risk. You're not just making a phone call to another trade and saying, go in there and check it out for me. You're taking the risk that that tenant might be upset they might be um, very demeaning in some language towards you or whatever you've put them in a certain position where they had to shut down their business and they're going to blame you because you're the first person that shows up but 
conversely to that, now they know that their request and their trouble that they've brought to the attention of the company is being addressed because somebody actually responded in person and is coming to look at it and is going to ask questions and is going to listen and going to try and find a solution for them. And the more times that you take that risk and, and do that and get over there and get your eyes on it and get your hands on it, the less your tenants are going to be upset with you while you're coming to their aid because they're going to know for their next service request that, okay, well, you know, Wilcox is coming in and he helped me like so good on that last one. So if he's coming and I see him, I know, I know I'm in good hands. Wilcox is here. He's going to help me. So the minute Wilcox walks in the door, you've already de-escalated the level of stress and maybe how upset that tenant customer, whoever might be. So my first tip, I guess, would be to be professional, be courteous and get eyes on hands on to the situation and assess what it is or what the root cause of what's going on as efficiently as you can. It's not always going to be a, you know, cut and dry. This is what it is. But progressing through that cycle, I guess, is what I would say. Would you agree with that, Chris? Oh, yeah, 100%. It's like I was listening to myself speak. Um, you know, but the, 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 the thing is, the fact that we're talking about this, that the guys that don't understand this need to jump on board and understand this. Um, it can be frustrating for both sides. Clearly, the customer or tenant is in duress. Um, they have no idea how their whatever problem is is going to be fixed. And then if we're doing our job right, as you have, you illustrated, we're rolling up on scene, just walking into this. They're already worked up. They're needing whatever they're needing repaired. And, and, and we need to handle that accordingly. As you said, professionally, show some compassion, uh, maybe give a little bit of grace if attitude is thrown your way. Um, and at the same time, I'm not trying to say that it's, that it's okay for anybody to verbally abuse anybody else, but, you know, maybe just give a little more grace than you normally would and just try to understand what somebody else might be going through. Um, but these, these, that's why we're there. They're calling us there. We're getting paid too. whether we do the work ourselves or pay somebody else to we're, we're being sent there to mitigate their problem for them. Provide solutions. Exactly. Like, help them out in their time of need. Right. Right. So with that, my second sort of bullet point here is as much as you can be aware of what your responsibility is and what a tenant or customer responsibility would be. Now you might be asking, well, what do you mean? So a a basic example of this, and this is very, very basic example. So take lighting. Okay, so in an office setting, typically all lighting is managed by the building, interior and exterior. In a retail setting or a warehouse setting, it could be different. So say a warehouse, all the interior lighting, it's on the tenant to manage that. Whereas the exterior, it's on the landlord or property owner. 
Um, same thing with retail. It could be that the lighting inside their store, that's theirs to manage. Uh, the sign lighting on the exterior of the store is theirs to manage. Mine would be the parking lot pole lights, uh, the pylon sign lighting, and the building wall packs or sconce lighting. Like it's very defined within certain lease conditions. So building your knowledge in your different types of properties and knowing what's your responsibility and what's not is definitely going to help you too. And even if a tenant's like super aggravated about something, having that knowledge in your mind is, is going to help you. So if I went to a retail store and they said, you know, all this, these, these four light fixtures, the lights are all burnt out. My first go-to move is not, well, that's your responsibility and I can't help you with that. My first go-to move is, do you happen to have any spare light bulbs here? And if they say yes, say great, because you know what? I've got an extra 10 minutes right now. I'll grab my ladder and I can throw some light bulbs up and we'll see if uh, it's a ballast issue or driver and we'll, uh, we'll get some lights here. Okay, does that sound fair? Then that kind of puts them at ease. Right. So then you progress through that. Say you put light bulbs in and two out of the four fixtures were not working. Now it's up to you to know those lease conditions and you can say to them something like these two fixtures, you're going to need new ballasts for. Unfortunately, due to the lease condition, I'm not allowed to open up those and replace those. I can organize an electrician to come in or you can get an electrician to come in yourself. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm betting 98% sure that that ballast has failed and that's what needs to be replaced. Then you can kind of broker that deal with them to say, yeah, I want you guys to take care of it or I want to get my own electrician in to take care of it. And if they pursue it more to say, well, no, I think you're wrong. I think it's your responsibility 100%. I'm not paying for anything. That's where you can go to your office and talk to say a property manager or something like that. Now I know Chris and your sort of maintenance aspect, that might be a little different situation. Yeah. So, but I find it interesting though, because I like what you said there and, and the way you do that. Um, so, you know, they have the light bulbs, you're there. Like, you know, like you say, you, you extend that hand that olive branch and, and Hey, you know, let me just, let me see. Maybe I can toss these in for you and everything's good. And then you kind of, you make that association. Hey, I am trying to help you. And then, you know, if it is unfortunately something that's beyond the scope uh, or gets to the point of actually taking something apart and, you know, more parts and stuff like that, you know, you've kind of eased into that. I did try to help you. You know, none of this is like verbal. You just, that's just an understanding, but I, I like how you illustrated that. But yeah, my, my thing is very different. So, we, I train my guys to treat everybody at the plants as customers, just as if we didn't work for the same company and we are a hired contractor to come out to site and do a job. Um, I think that's the proper way to approach it. Uh, that, that keeps us on task. Uh, you know, you might get lackadaisical of it. Oh, that's just Joe from the office. He can wait. Well, no, he can't. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to treat Joe like a customer. We gave Joe a, a line in the lineup and or a spot in the lineup. And we're going to get to Joe's problem efficiently and effectively. Um, but 
in my past, I've worked for a retailer. Um, so I am familiar with uh, some of the tenant retailer associations. Um, one of the retailers I worked for, they rented their, their spot. And I did a whole bunch of stuff for them. But just like you said, there were certain things that were to be done by the owner of the property. Um, and, and, you know, the, the relationship we had in that situation was pretty good. And, and, and in fact, there was a tons of times that I helped those guys, um, you know, a little different skill set coming from uh, an industrial background. And then I went back to real uh, uh, retail uh, for a short time. But uh, but yeah, ours, our, our situation is 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 definitely different. Yeah, for sure. And and I mean, as and I'm talking to the listener here, as you progress through your career and building operations, this stuff's going to become more second nature. And you'll be able to use this information and this knowledge that you have to help you with other situations that are similar, like, say somebody calls and their toilets clogged or something, and you go there and you you try to you know run your toilet auger through it um you're not getting anywhere with it you realize that there's a clog in there in ground in slab piping but it's not made its way to the main of the building because nobody else is affected so for me right away i know that that's going to be a tenant responsibility but i know that they might not have a clue of who to call or how to deal with it so that's when I'll bring them out and be like, okay, this is what I've investigated. This is what I found. And I'll use not technical terms so much, but I'll say, you know, this fixture is not plugged, but the floor drain is overflowing. Uh, you have a clog in the in-ground piping before it exits your space into the main plumbing of the building. I know this because nobody else is affected. So your clog is now your responsibility, but I can bring in my plumber with an auger. We can clear this for you and get your washrooms back open kind of thing. Right. And usually they're in the headspace of like, okay, uh, I'd like you to, to help me with this. You can call in your person. I stay there. I work with them. We get it fixed. And then that's the time that I'll send my notes to property manager and say, you know, this PO that I requested for this trade, this is why I had to call in the drain cleaning company. Uh, I talked with the tenant before I called them. They agreed to my assessment and it was accurate. We didn't leave the plumbing in the premise and it didn't clog the main. Nobody else was affected. You know, everything's like above board, right? There's no, there's no hidden surprises here so that when the tenant gets that charge back they're going to be like whoa 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 wait a minute that that building operator who showed up said that you know there was a clog down in the main and and it wasn't my responsibility but he's going to clean it and da 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 you know like there's just everything's above board and everything's there and it's it's to protect and help you do your job basically uh, would be kind of my point on that example yeah it's definitely that makes that makes sense i mean just in general, documentation is huge, you know, and, and like you say, above board, carrying yourself above board is, is, is a must as well. Um, you know, I, I, unfortunately, we, we don't use a lot of contractors to be honest, but, uh, 
I've encountered a few lately that they're definitely not playing above board. Um, you know, I know it's a hard thing to do sometimes, but I, but I, I would rather have honesty. Um, you know, I've, I've ran into some people who clearly don't know, don't know how to fix what, what they're working on. And they're looking for something to all of a sudden show up. You know, I feel it's a better move to, to just be honest about that. I'm going to have to get some help or I'm going to have to, you know, maybe we have to get somebody else, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. And, and it, like in my position, if uh, somebody says their power's out, you know, like one of the first things we'll do is go look at the main disconnect and see if it's been locked out by the utility company. And with commercial spaces, sometimes it's just the owner forgot to pay the bill. <laughs> like it's just right. It's, and the, the people who are working at the front desk or working inside the space have no idea where the bill goes or who pays it. They're just workers. And all of a sudden they have no power. Right. Yeah. And it's, you snap a photo and you email it to the owner and you're like, Hey, just let you know your utility was locked out today. You need to settle up with them and they'll come open it back up. But I can't do anything for you. Like your gas meter shut off or your electrical meter shut off. Like I just, right. it's out of my jurisdiction. It's out of my, I cannot touch it. You know, um, there's no, there's no, Hey, can you just put the bolt cutters on it and get me my power? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, uh, that, you're going to get in trouble for that. So, uh, but yeah, that's okay. So say, say you're doing that same kind of investigation call and, their main disconnect is on it's not locked out and if you're comfortable opening a live box you open it and you know you meter and uh, a fuse has lost a, a phase or something like a phase blew a fuse and for for me if it's 347 600 volt i'm calling an electrician like that's just the way it is and for us that's us providing the tenant power. So that's where we start. So if, if that's blown, we're going to investigate why it's blown. So we're not just popping fuses like crazy, but that's me saying, I need an electrician here now to help me because this is more involved than just flipping a breaker switch or something like that. Right. So, right. And I think kind of in your position, you guys might be able to troubleshoot that a little further dealing with heavier duty motors and pumps and things like that right yeah so we have um uh, at least for myself i'm nfpa 70 certified so i have the proper safety gear to allow me to do stuff like that um and that's also you know if anybody follows me on instagram you know i i recently posted about um my meter bag um the reason i have a meter bag like that with so many different options is because uh, there's a lot of different things that we do that need specific tooling, you know, and, and, and most of the, the troubleshooting with, a, with, with a, you know, a lot of our stuff, I should say, is, is on the electrical end. Um, so, you know, I'll have like FC, Fluke FC meters that are, are uh, Bluetooth because I can, I can do that process safer. So I can put this module inside a, a disconnect safely shut it all and turn the power on 
and get whatever data that module is supposed to be providing, whether it be amps, voltage, whatever. I can get it from a safe position. Um, you know, the, the problem with, with some people, how do I say this? So the problem with some people in the maintenance and building operator trade is they might have the idea that they know what they're doing, but really don't. Mm -hmm. um, more so on the safety end of things and what could happen. Um, in the case that you illustrated with a main, with a blown fuse, that's great that somebody could figure out that that fuse is blown, but likely if you are not trained well enough, you're going to go hunt around and see if you can find another fuse. You're going to open it up. You're going to be facing the disconnect and throw the switch, and what if it blows up? That, yep. fuse, that fuse popped for a reason. Yep. And you thought you were doing right, right? There's always that stress. My customer needs this power on. And sometimes if you don't, if you don't mitigate that situation correctly, you'll put yourself in a bad situation. Uh, you, you know, I, I talk about knowing your worth. You also need to know your limits. And back to dealing with tenants and customers, don't let them pressure you or affect your judgment because you're trying to rectify the situation in a timely manner. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I, I guarantee you, I'm going to say it first, I've had that happen many times. And I'm sure you have too. Yep. Yep. Can't you just do this? Can't you just do that? And it's, you just got to be calm with your answer and yep. just level headed and just like, unfortunately, no, I can't like it's, it's the way it is, you know? So, uh, electricians on the way, they'll be here in 20 minutes. Sorry. You have to wait that much more for more of an answer, but it is what it is, you know? Right. And if you have to use analogies or, or just continue talking to them, like about whatever, you know, maybe they'll bring up some random politics thing or weather or the tires on my truck went flat and blah, blah, <laughs> like whatever, like just just be that kind of ear to listen. And and sometimes that in itself is very helpful in diffusing situations where they I, I understand where they're coming from. Because they're renting a space from the landlord and they want everything to work 100% of the time, all the time. Because that's the expectation. But they might not have the real world education to realize that, you know, some things need to be maintained while you're using them and it's your responsibility to do that. Or some things need to be maintained and some things just fail because they fail. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah. Like, I'm really sorry that I'm digging up two holes in the parking lot and the sewer main needs to be repaired, but it is what it is. Like, it's, right. there's nothing I could have done to prevent this. I'm sorry. And, and you know what? There's a big construction fence set up and you have to walk around the building instead of walking right down the sidewalk. I'm really sorry, but I can't change that right now. You know, it's just the way it is. Right. I mean, sometimes in a way we have to make things worse before we can make them right again. And it just is what it is. hundred percent. It's that don't be the one who failed to do the right thing and took the risk to do the right thing. Right. Don't be that one. So I guess that was my sort of thoughts on dealing with tenants and dealing with customers 
knowing your lease conditions, knowing what's your responsibility and what's theirs, but being that I liked how you worded it, Chris, like compassionate, courteous, professional, you're the primary contact in the majority of tenant relationship building in that building, in the office building, in the retail complex, in the warehouse. They're, you're the one they see the most. You're the one they talk to the most. It's not the property manager or the administrator or the accountant downtown, accounts payable, accounts receivable. It's not them. It's not. It's you. And and you're the face and you're the one that they see the most. So you're going to have some trying tenants. You're going to have some trying customers. It's, it's the way it is. It's the way of the industry. But just do whatever you can on your side to make it as pleasant as possible, I guess, is all I'm trying to say here. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Do you got anything more to add on that topic? Chris? No, I think we I think we covered it all. You know, you know, there is there's one other little small avenue. Um, you know, you and I are both in a supervision role and we have people working underneath us and we have to hand out work. Um but I think it's a it's a it's a good conversation to have to stick to the plan. And what I mean by that is I've had my past um, teammates of mine that I've dispatched for whatever the job was and they get there and whoever's in charge of that particular site or in charge of the area they're working in, you know, says something like, Hey, while you're here, can you do blah, blah, blah? Or, you know what, instead of putting it there, I'd like it to go over here. But that decision was really made by somebody above their head. You know, the, the, there's nothing wrong with making adjustments and helping people out. But, but what I would, I would encourage people to do is if you have a boss or a manager or a, what I like better, a leader that has sent you to do something before you go ahead and commit to making that change, check in with them because there might be a piece of the puzzle you're missing. There might be a very specific reason why whatever it is has to go where you're putting it and not where they're asking you to. Um, my guys are very good about that. They, they, they'll check with me over, you know, they probably think they're killed, you know, they're, they're, they're doing it too much, but I would rather them check with me first and, and make sure we're good before we have a problem. Um, but that, that for us anyway, that happens a lot. My favorite while you were, while you're here story is, uh, I was replacing some ceiling tiles and the return air grills were filthy and they were near the um, ceiling tiles I was replacing. So I I said to them, like, you know, you guys should really get your ducks cleaned or something. I don't think it's been done as as much as it's been needed to. And, you know, you can see the dust here on the diffusers and the return air. And they said, well, while you're here, can you clean them for me? And I said, you know what? I can't today. I'm unfortunately scheduled somewhere else. I got to do these ceiling tiles and get out of here. But what I'll do is I'll come back next Wednesday is 10 a.m. work and I just knew that next Wednesday at 10 a.m. I was free like that's I just knew so right. I, I said you know does this work for you and and you know it's right when you open so you won't be super busy was that yeah okay that works great so I showed up there 10 a.m. the next Wednesday and I ended up vacuuming and washing some of their diffusers and return air grills and I think it was like maybe eight in total and I said you know what like you know Usually this isn't part of our responsibility, but again, like I said, you should really get those ducks cleaned. And, and that's something that's on you guys. Cause your, your distribution of HVAC is, is your responsibility. And mine is just to provide it. 
right? And just basically explain that that cutoff difference. And from then on, there was less of a can you do this? Can you do that? Because I think they they think they used up their free card or my get out of jail free card. Oh, gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. So they were like, you know what? This guy did me a solid. I'm not going to ask him about that other thing. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's pretty cool. Right. So so what I'm saying is some some people will take advantage of that kindness. Some people will use it as, you know, that guy's all right. I'm going to leave him alone for right now. Right. Right. So. So that, that, that while you were here, you got to be careful with that one. And that's a good point is check with your schedule and check with your superiors in case you got something else they need you to do or something like that. Very good point. So I guess we'll wrap it up here. So, Chris, what's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? One will see you later and the other will see you in a while.